I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. You're listening to Make Some Noise, mini-sode number 570. Welcome to Make Some Noise podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. And if you're listening to this sort of in real time, happy holidays. I hope that the holidays are treating you well and that you are safe and around people that love you and support you and getting ready for the new year. And hey, I just want to say this one quick thing in case I forget to say it on a future podcast episode in January. If you don't feel like new year, new you, if you are not somebody who you know, sets big goals, but like you're constantly inundated with it. (laughs) Like it's supposed to be supposed to be your year and you're supposed to be ready for it. And you're supposed to have your lists and you're supposed to start doing all the things that you wanted to do. You're just not ready and you're just not filling up for it or whatever. Something's going on in your life that's distracting you or taking up the time and energy that you need to be your new year, new you. That's okay. Uh, This episode is brought to you by that. (laughs) because I feel you. I feel you. If you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you've probably heard me say that I always feel like my new year starts in the spring. Maybe it's because, I don't know, a decade or so ago, I moved to a place where the seasons actually change and spring just feels like a new life. That feels like new year, new me, even if that's not you. All I'm saying is that I don't want you to feel like you have to do anything. So you go at your own pace. Give yourself the dignity of your own pace. Give yourself the dignity of your own journey. And if it's not New Year's, that's okay. The only quick announcement I want to make before I get into the content is I have coaching. I have a coaching spot open for the new year. If you are feeling like New Year, New You. Uh, or you just want some coaching, or if you want to read more about it, head on over to andreaowen.com slash links, and you will see an option there to click on my coaching page to read more about it. I have a handful of different options. 
uh, that the one that I, you know, kind of the more generic one is, is in there, but also I can work with you and we can do the daring way, which is a more intensive. And I also do some consulting. So it's all over there on my website. And like I said, I have one opening for that. So if you feel like it's you fill out an application and let's chat. All right, let's get into the content. This particular mini-sode, it's probably going to be a short one. I always say that. It's been brewing for a while because, as you may know, one of the things I don't like in the personal development industry is the miniaturization of big topics that have a lot of nuance around them. But because they're in like bite-sized pieces, the nuance isn't there. So I'm talking about you know short quotes or mantras images and memes for Pinterest and Instagram and other social media, stuff like that. I think they can be great. And sometimes they can be super motivating. And I mean, we've all been in that place where a quote has just like moved through us like the Holy Spirit. And also there's some that I think are, I've seen are really popular and I can't stand them. And one of those is, and I'm actually, I'm writing my fourth book and this is going to be an entire chapter that's how passionate I feel about this particular one, is how you do one thing is how you do everything. Because in my opinion, that is the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard. Can you imagine if someone saw the inside of my car when I was in my 20s, I would have been judged so harshly across all areas of my life. But again, it, you know, no, it's it's not. And and I think what that is meant to push people towards and motivate people towards is to just do better in your life, to improve. And, you know, once you start improving, then that's going to to fall into the other parts of your life, which is understandable. But I think it can be incredibly demoralizing and critical to say how you do one thing is how you do everything. It's just, it's a sweeping generalization. And it reminds me of, it sort of like kicks off what, what I wanted to, to talk about. You know, when I was going through a terrible divorce in 2006, uh, my husband left me. It was incredibly dramatic and traumatic, as I like to say. I was not my best self. I was, in fact, my absolute worst self. Not just how I was feeling and thinking, but how I was behaving. At times, I'll admit, I was mean. I was vindictive. I lashed out. And because I did those things, you know, if we go by the how you do one thing is how you do everything, does that make me a mean, vindictive person? No, <laughs> it makes me a normal human who was reacting based on some extenuating and difficult circumstances. I'd just been traumatized. I didn't have hardly any coping skills at all to deal with what I was going through. I was in a tremendous amount of pain and fear. I had very little healthy support systems. And I was acting from that place of pain and fear. I mean, raise your hand if you've been in that place, whether you acted poorly or not. We've all been there. And if it hasn't happened to you, it will happen to you. And, you know, it brings me to 
what I want to talk about in terms of just, you know, there's the quote of how you do one thing is how you do everything. And there's other things that I hear pretty regularly on social media. Things like, you know, you find out who someone really is based on, you know, let me back up a little bit. Let me tell you where I heard this. Because I'm, you know, going through yet another divorce, lucky me, (laughs) I see a lot of things in my social media feeds around breakups and heartbreaks and, and dealing with conflict. And one of the things that I've seen is you see who someone really is when they have to deal with conflict. You see their true colors are my favorite. You see their true character. And, you know, it can become easy to jump to deciding that how someone acts and treats you or how you act and treat someone else during conflict is who their true character is, especially when it's like someone doing something to us that is painful or, or even just like kind of out of character for them. When we see someone acting out of character, we want a reason for it. You know, we like to label things, we like to, especially like to label things good or bad. It's unusual and we want to make meaning of it. And, you know, even maybe not even that long ago, if I would have heard, well, when you go through conflict, you find out someone, you know, who they really are, or find out who their true character is, I would have agreed with that. And I need to take a quick break. And I'm going to tell you how I really feel about that when we come back. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. 
I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. I'm going to tell you how I really feel about that. I think it's crappy. I think it's crappy to categorize someone as whatever, you know, their, their person, their humanity, because of how they're behaving when they're in conflict. And trust me, I have seen and, and may or may not be currently seeing someone behave what I would categorize as absurd, uh, completely out of character, <laughs> um, hurtful, you know, as they go through something difficult through, through a conflict. And I don't think this is that person's true colors. I, I, I don't know if I could ever categorize someone that's who they quote unquote really are because they're behaving poorly during conflict. You know, the more I get into, into this work of personal development, just in, in general, and the older I get and the more life experiences I have, there's a few things that I keep circling back to that are new for me. And by new, I mean new that I started learning more about and implementing, you know, as I got further into personal development. And one of those things is compassion. The other thing that is closely related are boundaries. But let's let's just focus on compassion here for a second. And I think when we reduce someone to certain characteristics that you know their their true character, their true colors, especially when they are behaving from a place when they're in conflict, I think we are being incredibly dismissive of their humanity and their human experience. And I've also done a lot of thinking around some inner child work and, and reparenting. Uh, Sibel Boltron was on a few weeks ago. I'll link to her episode in the show notes because it was incredibly helpful. You know, and also, of course, you know, social media algorithms. I keep seeing poems uh, Nikita Gill is one of my favorite poets, and she has some really beautiful and sort of heart-wrenching at the same time poems about her parents as children. You know, like if I could go back and see you as a child type of thing, like here's kind of what it would look like and here's what we would do. It helps you see people's humanity and see just the human experience for what it is and how difficult it is and how difficult it can be to just human, <laughs> how difficult it can be to human and be in relationship with one another. Because inevitably, emotions get stirred up and we act from that place. We are, you know, human beings are primarily emotional creatures and we act from the place of our emotions, I believe more often than not, without thinking things through, without giving ourselves time to use our brains, to use uh, our experiences, to use any tools that we have to, to be able to show up as our best self. And I think that all of us, all me, all of you listening 
have moments where we have reacted from a place of emotions, we have been in conflict, and that has been wildly, wildly divorced from our values. Wildly different than the person that we want to show up as every day. I know I have. Fairly often. You know, I'll admit it. And so I I think that the more compassion we can have for ourselves, the more compassion we can have for other people, it allows us to have better relationships. It allows us to be able to work things out with people. It allows us to ask for forgiveness and clean up any messes that we have made. Hopefully it allows us to speak from that place when someone has harmed us, when they have done that to us and use language that is compassionate and kind and understanding in a way where it's like, okay, I see maybe where you're coming from. You know, can we maybe choose a different way? And I want to pause for a second because I did not grow up in a house where compassion was something that was modeled for me or handed out freely. So it's a new way of being. I've been leaning into it for for several years now. And it's gotten a lot easier for me to to call on, but many times it's still not my first go-to. My first reaction, my first go-to is judgment. Judgment of myself, judgment of other people. And so it's it's still a work in progress, but one that comes a lot easier now. And I just and and I also can't walk away from this conversation without bringing up boundaries, you know, just because you reject the notion that when someone is in a place of conflict or hurt or pain and they're reacting that way, you know, that, that's not their true colors. It's not who they really are. Humans are complex and nuanced creatures. We still need to also look at boundaries. This does not mean when, when you're a compassionate human and, and you try your best to come from that place, it doesn't mean that you just let people treat you like shit. It doesn't mean that you let people get away with behaving badly. It means that you see their humanity and you try whatever you can to be understanding and calm and curious, but also very much articulate what you will and will not tolerate. I think I just, I think back to, in you know, 2006, where I was behaving really badly and in such a dark, dark, low place. And some of my behaviors were kind of terrible. And I, I feel bad for the way that I acted and I have done my best to try to circle back with certain people to clean things up. And I, I just can't imagine like how amazing it would have been if someone would have paused and said, Hey, I know this isn't your best self. Like you must be in the most unimaginable, tremendous amount of pain for you to be behaving like this because I know this isn't who you are. Do you want to talk about it? Like, can you imagine like that kind of just witnessing? And I don't know, it's just something I've been thinking about a lot lately as I sort of navigate a really difficult spot in my life again. And... I'm enormously compassionate with myself 
and also now surround myself with people who are so gentle when they point out <laughs> maybe the way that I'm judging or reacting too quickly or you know getting upset about something the the gentleness is more more than anything I could ever ask for and my hope is that you're able to find those people as well so to summarize if you hear someone say that or see a meme or you know it once you're in conflict with someone once you argue with someone you know once they're drunk <laughs> you find their you see their true colors you see their true character just give them a good old L Woods I object I object I don't think that's true I really don't People are nuanced. We have so many layers. And when we're in conflict, when we're going through a difficult time, when we're in grief, we tend to not act like our best selves. It does not mean that that's who we are. All it means is that is what's happening right now for us. And there's always room for compassion and love and, and maybe even like seeing the child inside of them that is incredibly wounded, scared, hurt, anxiety-ridden, whatever it is. And my hope is also that you can have tremendous amounts of compassion for yourself during those times. Because we've all been there and we will be in those places again. Unfortunately, probably many or several times over. Thank you everyone for listening. And I, again, hope you're having a wonderful holiday season and that you have a wonderful new year. I will see you in 2024. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey everyone. Thanks again for listening. I would be so incredibly grateful if you haven't done so already, if you could leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Super easy if you already listen to your shows over there. Um, but if you don't, or maybe you have the app on your phone, but you listen to the show on a different app, if you could leave a review for this show, it matters so much. I wish I could express how much it matters. I also wish that it didn't matter so much, but alas, it does. So if you haven't already, please go review and rate the show. It would mean so much to me. And thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing day. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations 
with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.